Hi, everybody. I'm Pastor Joshua Serrano. And I am Pastor Jeremy Serrano. Welcome to the Serrano Brothers Podcast. This is episode number five. Oh, man. Um, all right. So we've been doing this for five times. Um, I had something interesting happen this last week. Yeah. So um, on... on no, Saturday of this last week, I went uh, to a fundraiser for a local church, St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Pleasant Hill. And, you know, they kind of did one of those forced seating things where, where you know, everybody has to sit in a specific spot. You couldn't just sit wherever you wanted to because there's like limited capacity. And I got sat next to... Uh, a woman who is a seismologist and like earthquakes like like she measures like earthquakes like ground shaking That's yes and, and in fact she heads up this program for a local school and they they have an app out and so uh, just talking with her was really really cool and so I started asking her questions like how do you do you know how do you measure you know, from the epicenter to the outside, how do you, like, I'm just asking all of these questions. And the more questions I asked her, the more she lit up. Hmm. And at one point she's like, oh, I got to show this to you. And so she pulls out uh, uh, a piece of uh, uh, a journal, opens it up and just starts drawing out how it all works. And she just has me mesmerized. And I am just captivated by all of the stuff that she's saying. And at one point, I kind of like took myself out of it. And I commented to her, I was like, you really love this stuff. And she looked at me and she goes, yeah, I guess I really do. I was like, I can tell you, you are so engaging right now um that that i am really enjoying listening to your very sciencey explanations of what's going on and and she was like well thank you very much for that but it got me thinking about how i talk about stuff okay and and how i've noticed how we kind of in the progressive mainline i feel like we're constantly tamping down our enthusiasm for our faith how so um i think we do that by by not by almost being embarrassed about talking about god Okay. And 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 telling our God stories. Okay. And and I, and I know that I find that with myself. Like we all have stories where we see God at work, right? Yeah. And and I, in fact, I was having a conversation with somebody else, and in as a part of that conversation, they're like, you know, it was this. I don't know, kind of, I guess you could call it a God thing. 
And I was like, well, hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second. You think it's a God thing. And and they said, yeah, I, I do. And I said, then why didn't you just say that? Like, why, why, why did you have this embarrassment around claiming it as a God thing? Have you ever noticed that in conversations? I mean, I've seen that in conversations. I, yeah, I, I have seen people feel like they don't want to say, you know, they, they might have a, a personal experience where they feel like it was a God thing or this moment that was a spiritual experience, but they are unsure. Um, and, and I think especially because we're pastors, people might be a little more um, uh, hesitant to claim something uh, like that. Uh, but I yeah, think see, this was, in general, too. This was a clergy on clergy thing. Oh, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, and maybe because I came from the evangelical world just like you, but I feel like anytime somebody kind of dances around a God moment or feels embarrassed by it, my radar just goes off like, why are you doing that? Because mm -hmm. one of the things I believe is that we should we should be as enthusiastic about talking about that like the seismologist was mm. talking about their stuff and, and just owning who we are and claiming who we are. And, and I think that that goes to a little bit of discernment. Like how do we discern when something is actually a God moment? Mm. I feel like, um, I'm never, it's all, I feel like always in retrospect, I feel like I can go, oh, God was moving in, in that situation in a way that I can tangibly see. Uh, I, I'm very hesitant to say if it's happening in the moment, usually it'll take me a little while to, to look back on something and say, oh, okay, the spirit was moving in, in this situation that I, that I had not seen. Um, I, I, I get very hesitant to say, oh, God's moving right now in this, in this way. Uh, and I think for fear of, of sounding manipulative, uh, and also because I could be wrong, uh, it takes a little bit of time for me to be able to uh, discern whether the spirit was actually moving, right? Um, and, and so I, I tend to do this kind of in retrospect. Um, and uh, I think that's a good principle, though, Josh, that we can discern God, and it is very difficult to do in the present moment. I think it's almost impossible to do for future moments, right? Like we, I don't think we can guess what God is going to do, right? And I don't think we should. But I think we can look back on our own histories and our own um, experiences and claim them in, as God moments. Yeah, for sure.
for sure. And I don't think we have to, and, and I think we can talk about that with a certain level of confidence after discernment. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about one moment. And, and it's one of those moments where God worked, but it seemed like an accident to us. Um, when I was at Fuller Theological Seminary, I was doing my clinical pastoral education. And the plan was for me to, <clears throat> to go on and get my um, Lutheran retreading at Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary. It's a nine-month program. I was going to go up to the Bay Area and be there by myself, just get the schooling done. My wife was going to apply for a teaching job in the area where she was to, to continue living where she was with the kids. Um, and as she's applying for all these different teacher jobs, she applies for a job in Alameda. And she thought she was applying for a job to Alhambra, which is close to where we were. And so she calls them and says, I'm so sorry I applied for this job. Uh, I'm not going to do it. it. It's it's too far away. I'm down in Southern California. You all are in Northern California. And they're like, well, just interview for it. Just interview for it. And she's like, okay. So they get on Zoom. My wife is really good at what she does. She's an excellent interviewer. And they immediately offer her the job. And so the plan and trajectory we had for the next nine months came into question. Hmm. And so we discerned, um, well, maybe, maybe we should all go as a family up there. And so one weekend, Jess and I drove to, um, to uh, the Bay Area. We stayed with our friend Tuhina Rash and Carl Rash and, and we stayed in their apartment. They were so lovely to have us. And we found an apartment that weekend. And so we're like, oh man, we're gonna, we're gonna actually do this. Like we, we, we happened to have some money where we could move and, and my wife got a job working for Alameda. She's been working there for almost 10 years now. I'm up here with her and and God has continued to, as a part of that, my wife got cancer for the first time. And we, if we had been separated, I can guarantee I would have quit school. Mm -hmm. You know, I would have gone back down to do that. But since she had really good health care, since she was the main breadwinner at the time, I can see looking back on it, God at work, working through that in order to set us up to be cared for when something bad happened. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I can't help but see God in that. Now, what I'm not saying is that um, God gave my wife cancer and all of the other kind of terrible theologies that go along with that. But what I'm saying is that I saw God work at keeping us together 
um, for when tragedy came. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's nothing but a God moment for me in that it boiled down to my wife accidentally applying to a job in Alameda. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great story, man. I mean, and, and I think you can rightly claim that as a God moment, as something that God was, you know, leading you through like Psalm 23, you know, both by the still waters and the valley of the shadow of death, you know, um, mm-hmm. God doesn't promise to take away the death or the valley of the shadow of death, but lead us through it. Right. Well, we'll have to talk about all of that kind of bad stuff, you know, later, um, you know, in, in another podcast, we'll talk about all that stuff later. Um, do you have any kind of like, when we talk about like moments of God's work, do you have any that just like automatically click in your head? Well, I, I can't help but about think about when I met Anne, I remember, um, I was having a really bad day and um and who is Anne? Anne's my wife now. Uh <laughs> uh uh and this is how we met. I was having a really bad day and I called you. I was like, "Man, I need to I need to get out, you know. I let's I just go do something." And you said, "Hey, well, I'm going to go to an ordination of a a person I know. Uh why don't you come with me?" And I said, oh, "Okay, well, cool. You know, ordinations are fun." Um so we go and all our friends are there and and I just so happened to meet Anne and um and we you know kind of sh- struck up a great conversation and and uh where I was at in life I was like ah oh, you know I don't know I don't know about this um but if but if she you know you know we didn't exchange phone numbers we didn't you know uh say that we would talk later we just said hey good conversation on the way home, you and I were talking and you said, Hey, I noticed you were kind of connected with that woman. I said, yeah, that was great. That was good. But you know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, ask for her number or anything like that. So if she reaches out to me, maybe we'll see what comes of it. Um, and then when I got home, there was a message on Facebook waiting for me with a friend request from her. And, and basically the rest is history where we've been married for three years now. Uh, but yeah, I there were sparks right away moment, uh, and go, wow, you know, that, that was God moving, you know, um, and, um, and, and I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think, I think we can rightly say that God has moved in a situation when there is more light, more life. Um, more connection with people, yeah. more justice, you know, any, any of those kinds of things, I think we can say, look back on our history and go, okay, that was God working and, and claim it proudly and with enthusiasm. Um, but I think, I think sometimes we don't do that um, because of how it's been misused because there are people who who will make claims like god spoke to them like i think god speaks to me right i think god speaks to other people um and i feel like i can rightly say that god speaks to me when god leads me towards repentance Mm. to 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 um i had a situation 
where um, I kind of spoke brashly to a parishioner mm. and, and, and I didn't say anything. Um, it was an older parishioner. I just spoke in a way that was a little too familiar and, and um, like I would with, with friends and, and they were offended by it. And it took me about a month before I really heard God tell me like, you should apologize for that. You should try to reconnect here because they were offended by that. And, and um, you could have comported yourself better. Hmm. And, and so I think God does speak to me. And I discern that when God tells me to reconnect to love, are, are there any other things that you can think of that you, that you know, when it's God speaking to you? Well, I, I just, um, I'm so grateful that the spirit moves among all of us. And, and um, when I miss something, somebody else catches something, you know? Um, so just yesterday we had a memorial service and um, a member of the congregation came up and wanted to tell me something, tell me something that was going on with them. Uh, but through that conversation, um, I'm also trying to, um, somebody else came up and kind of started talking uh, to me as well. And, and I redirected my focus. Um, and another parishioner who was overhearing this conversation said, hey, I just want to let you know that I don't think that person was done telling you what they wanted to say. Um, and I know you were, you know, interrupted, uh, but uh, I think you might've missed something. Mm. And, and so I went to the, the parishioner who I was talking before and, um, and we talked a little bit more and, and it was a great conversation. And later on in the evening, I emailed that parishioner who had told me and I said, just, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for paying attention and seeing when I missed something. And I, and, and that allowed me to have a good conversation with, with the other member of the car, the other member. And, and so for me, that, that is also a God moment. Like that, that is a, a moment in which the spirit moved and, and people saw we were taking care of each other. Uh, and, you know, I'm not immune to when a lot of things are going on at once to redirecting my focus and missing something somebody might be telling me. And so that another parishioner caught it, I was so grateful for. Right. The, the Holy Spirit is in, in the, not only in us individually, but in the community and is using the community to, to help you minister. Yeah. And it, you have to care for each other. That's really what it comes down to. Right. Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, I think this was a good conversation about this and, uh, and I think for the people who might be listening, I wonder, you know, are some moments for you, can you look back on your life and go, yeah, God was moving in this situation. And if you can name a story, if you can name a situation, uh, I think Jeremy and I would just like to encourage you to own the story and don't be timid in being able to share that experience with others. Uh, yeah. It's very important that we own our faiths and our stories and, and trust that God is 
is moving among us and guiding us. And in that, so we each have our own, um, you know, the we each have our own God stories. But I think that we also have a a long trajectory, a long meta narrative of God's stories in our life. So we have um, parts of the Christian world will talk about testimony, mm. right? So uh, I just wrote a newsletter article about this, where where we have uh, like. I just gave a testimony. You just gave a testimony to God's work in your life in a specific instance. But I think I have my testimony as well. And I think the difference is, is that my testimony starts when I was born and it tracks God's work in my life up until now. So my testimony is something like, I grew up in a Roman Catholic family um, to parents who made me go to church very regularly. And one of the most significant events that happened in my life was early on was when my parents got divorced. Uh, they really stopped going to church after that. And I became really angry. Hmm. And I was angry um, for a really long time until a group of friends who were Christians kind of took me underneath their wing and um, really kind of loved me despite the anger that I was holding on to. And I had a conversion experience, which now is a Lutheran, I recognize was, was kind of the final experience of all these little experiences that started in my baptism. So I had this kind of final conversion experience, this, this big conversion experience, I should say, in which I recognized God's work and my life was changed and um, and it allowed me to, uh, uh, God began to take away my anger and my pain and my uh, insecurities that had built up over time um, and has led me into a new life. You know, so that's like my testimony as a whole. That's my 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 big testimony, um, which is much different than like my wife's testimony, yeah. who was born into the church, got baptized into the church, and has been faithful her whole life. <laughs> you know, like like For and sure. so so that's her testimony is that this she she her conversion. Um, um, was really early on in her life and it was just one of many decisions you know for me it was like this this transformative point mm -hmm. uh, but for hers uh her baptism took the first time you know <laughs> that's good, good do you ever have people give testimonies um we did in our congregation this 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 summer and we did it around spaces in the church uh that were meaningful um and and it, it's basically a testimony so we took different parts of the congregation and said what is meaningful to you about the baptismal font what is meaningful about the altar the pulpit the narthex the hall um and and 
in order to try to elicit testimonies. Um, was there any stories that kind of touched you? Well, I was on sabbatical, um, oh. but I, I was setting it up for the congregation to do. Um, another pastor is the one who really drove it home, but that's that's one of the things we did. We have that coming up in Advent. I'm having people give a testimony around um, around Jesus coming into their life, uh, like the Christmas story. Nice. And so uh, uh, I'm pretty excited to kind of see this. I think there's real power in having us tell these stories to each other. I agree. I agree. All right. Anything else you want to talk about today? I think it's been a great conversation. All right. So uh, I want to encourage people to uh, think about their God stories. Think about testimonies they may have and maybe even what their own testimony is. And if you see me around, uh, don't ever be afraid to tell me it because I want to hear it. It encourages my faith when I hear stories. Me too. I, I, stories. I agree with you. All right, friends, uh, we're logging off. Peace.